Well, as I mentioned, we're going to be jumping into our series called Is Jesus My? And we're looking at the I Am statements of Jesus and how powerful of statements they were. He was not only uh, proclaiming his unity, his person of God, that he is God himself, but also he's sharing with us this invitation to know him more. And he wasn't merely just sharing them as physical characteristics, but truly who he is and the salvation he brings to the world, the salvation, saving relationship he brings to us. And so these are not only words that he's saying in which we would uh, know them in our, in our brain, that we would know of them, but that we would believe them by our lives and our very hearts would be changed by them. And so last week we saw that Jesus proclaimed, I am the bread of life. And that Jesus, we learn, he is the one who is essential for life. He is the one in which we are to get our greatest fill that would uh, cure all of our hunger. Now we're hungry people seeking after, um, after this, this desire, this, this, this need to know God and to be with him. And uh, through Jesus, we're able to. And so this morning, as we move on to this next statement, Jesus says he is light of the world. And I read the passage just a moment ago. We'll dig a little bit deeper into it. But before we get there, I figured to give you some interesting facts about light. And so light, if you didn't know, is made up of energy. The speed of light is 299,792 kilometers per second. Okay, so traveling at that speed of light, you could go around the earth seven and a half times a second. Okay. So teenagers in the room, don't try to go that fast in your car. All right, just a little disclaimer warning, okay? Some of you out there trying to, don't any longer, all right? Uh, a red light actually does this interesting thing. Uh, a red light calms us and brings us uh, into quicker sleep at times. And so you think if you're in my season, you have younger kids, we need to put some more red light in our homes, you know, to bring some calmness, some sleep, right? When they wake up in the middle of the night, maybe I need a red light indicator to flip that on. If you have teenagers, you're trying to get them to rest earlier, maybe flip that red light on. You know, it's important. And so, so light is, is, is unique. It's something we grow to understand and know rather quickly as people in the physical sense. We know the difference between light and darkness. That even when my uh, earliest daughter, she's six months old, when she was born, she recognized light pretty immediately. Uh, she's slowly opening her eyes and they put her under this light, which also serves as a lamp to, to kind of heat her up, to keep her warm. And then she notices the darkness because uh, she's up all throughout the night and she notices the lights are off and the sun is down. And we say, don't you notice that it's dark time? You need to sleep. And she cries and essentially says no. And so we're teaching her the way that light, the patterns of light in our cultural context can, can encourage us to sleep. So this morning we're going to understand uh, the spiritual light in which Jesus offers to us. That there's this difference, not only physical, but spiritual light. And what we'll find is that Jesus is the light that brings life and how the light of Jesus brings light and life to our lives today. And so let's go on a journey. We're in John 1, 1 through 5, and then we'll also be in John 8, 12. I'm going to read the passages together. We're going to pray and then dive in uh, to what the Lord has for us this morning through his word. So John 1, 1 through 5, you can grab a Bible under your seat, your phone, whichever, and it'll be on the screen too. It says this, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. The word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Later in John 8, 12, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am light of the world. 
Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that we find in the Bible, that we see in scripture today. God, I ask that you would help us understand and grow in understanding more of you, God. But not only it would be head knowledge, that it would truly change our hearts. That we believe by the power of your Holy Spirit, God, you can bring change. You can show us the way that, God, you can speak to us. So I ask that you would, that through your word, God, speak to us individually, speak to us in a, in a tangible way by a step we need to take with you. And God, we trust you for that. And thank you for that truth that we find in you. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, we're going to ask three really big, important questions to discover Jesus, the light of the world. And the first question is this, what kind of light is Jesus? And so if we go back to John 1, he says, he was God in the beginning. And specifically right before that, he says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And so John knew exactly who he was talking with at the time, both the Greeks and the Jews. And so the Greeks and their philosophy were looking for the logos, which is a Greek term for light or for word. And this logos they were looking for, this person who had created all the order and all the things that they see. So they're looking for this. The Jews, however, are looking and knowing, and they know that the Logos is the God, the sovereign God who spoke existence to be. He is the word that was before all else. So John is clearly indicating to us this reality that Jesus is the light that always was. He is the light that always was. And he was God in the beginning. He was with God in the beginning. And through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Jesus always was in the beginning. He was always with God. He was creator, not created. He is the light that always was. And we think naturally we get down to some of these conversations of, you know, who are you and where are you from and all this kind of stuff. Well, even deeper than that, I have kids that are of age. So my daughter's four and she's beginning to be a little curious. Like she's starting to pick up the, the pieces that our, our youngest daughter, six months old, came from somewhere. And so she's starting to ask the questions, where does she come from? You know, now we're not getting into the, the whole pieces of like how she, you know, all the steps. Okay. But we're getting the pieces of she was born from mommy. Okay. She, she was, she was growing in mommy for a little time. And then she came out into the world. Okay. She's a little smart at this age, maybe too smart for her own good. She says, okay, I get that. I see that. For, but where did you come from? You know? And so we go back and say, well, grandma and grandpa, you know, I was in grandma, you know, for a little bit. And then I came out into the world, right? And that's where I was born, right? So looking for like that genealogy. She's smart. She's starting to make a genealogy tree and doing it all. No, I'm just kidding. But in all of this, she's curious. And John gets to the very root of Jesus in the similar curiosity that some of us might have. Where was Jesus at the beginning? He always was. That Jesus was with God. He is God incarnate that comes to dwell with us later in John we see. He always was timeless and forever will be God. That is where Jesus was. Getting to the root of the reality, his beginning, he always was. Timeless and eternal, Jesus was. And so we see that quickly. Jesus is the light that always was. And Jesus, uh, just another point for you as you're tracking along, Jesus is the light that gives life. So not only Jesus is the light that always was, Jesus is the light that gives life. And here in John 1, 4 through 5, it says this, In him 
was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So very at the beginning, Jesus was present, creator not created, was the light of all mankind, the light that shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot even overcome it. And so Jesus, being the light in which gives life, from the very beginning, we begin to see this reality that not only in the physical light of darkness and light that we see today, physically, there's this spiritual light, the spiritual darkness in which we so presently reside today, one or the other. And we see that by the reality of Jesus. Let's, let's define those, spiritual light. Spiritual light simply is life, the life that we can find in Jesus, the life only found in Jesus, that by Jesus we have spiritual light in which we may live knowing God and also making him known to other people through those invitations like we briefly talked about, through sharing Christ with others. But then there's spiritual darkness, and we would simply define that as sin, which leads to death, the present state of some people in the world, in the world we see around us. We see wonderful things in the world, but apart from Jesus, they are found in spiritual darkness, unless they receive Christ and gain the spiritual light. So we're beginning to see these these differences here. And even later, Paul would say in Ephesians 6.12, to kind of help us understand this darkness in the world that's so present at this time, he says this in talking about uh, putting on the armor of God in 6.12, Ephesians 6.12. He says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so highlighting the idea of spiritual warfare, the spiritual reality, there's light and darkness, and you have a choice for the light of Jesus has come, that the darkness cannot even overcome it. That he has come to bring new life, to bring new way to me and you. And that's where Jesus is getting at this morning. So what kind of light is Jesus? He's one that always was and the light that gives life. So how does that light of Jesus impact us? Question number two. How does that impact me and you? And that's where we get to John 8, 12. Because Jesus in his statement wasn't just saying some creative phrases that sound fun and sound good. He was saying reality, truths about him, which set us free and lead us into life everlasting in him. The spiritual light in which we so desperately need to have life to begin with. So in John 8, 12, Jesus invites us to understand this light he brings. And he says that, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. This is really interesting. This context takes us there to understand uh, the power in, in Jesus's phrases here. So at this point in time, in cultural context of scripture, Jesus is experiencing what they would be known as the Feast of the Tabernacles or Feast of Booths. And at this time, uh, it lasted seven days. The feast uh, uh, they had after the harvest time, and it would be this time where they would rejoice and bring thanksgiving to God, lots of eating, and then they would tithe from their crops because God had provided. So at this feast, at this last day, Jesus says these words, because back in the time of Exodus, they would, they would build these booths, which they would eat and sleep, to remember how God protected them through the wilderness. And they're called the wilderness wanderings. Back in, in Exodus, the book of Exodus, there's this time in which God uh, delivers and leads his people out of captivity, the Israelites, from Egypt. And there's a period of time between which they're on this journey being led by God, provided by God through the wilderness. And so in this, they're celebrating the reality that God has brought them to freedom. And even so, a captivity from Egypt. 
And so during this journey, specifically, as they were going about following the Lord, he would show up, God would show up during the day as a cloud to, to kind of bring some covering from the sun, to, to bring protection from the sun over them. And then at night, God would actually show up as a pillar of fire to share light, to protect them. It was this manifest presence of God that was with them. That as he's chosen Moses to lead them, God himself was leading them into freedom. So in the last day of the feast, Jesus says this statement, which every person and the reality would know. Because on the last day, what would specifically happen is that the fall of night, they would light these torches throughout, uh, throughout the temple. And it would shine this bright light for all to see, reminding them of the light of God, which paved them the way in the darkness. And they had known this Messiah, this light was to come, but who was it? And they were ever so seeking who it would be. And this is where Jesus steps in in 8.12 and says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. They would have completely understood the parallel. Whoa, Jesus, what are you saying? See, what Jesus is saying is that God has brought you light through your way from slavery to freedom. But yet I come to bring you light away from slavery to sin to freedom and the salvation that comes only from me. See, Jesus is identifying with God as God, sent from God to rescue the people of God. And that's where we see this powerful statement take root in the truth of who Jesus is and the reality that he's come to bring light to you, to them in their context, but to you too. That the light that has come has come for you, to rescue you, to bring you out of spiritual darkness due to sin and death, to bring you into living light that's life everlasting in Christ. And so we see very quickly in this statement, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have everlasting life. What, well, what is Jesus saying? The light of life? What is Jesus saying? He, he introduces his metaphor, right, of light. Light, the light of the world, shares this truth with us that I am the light of the world and then invites us into a calling to follow me and whoever follows me will have this life, will have this light. And so we see the reality that Jesus has come for a purpose. He's come to fulfill not only a prophecy, but to fulfill a promise from God to us. That, that, that we would know him, that we would trust in him, that we would have this light of life. And so that leads us to understand what life does he lead us into? And if you're taking notes with us, we can walk through a few points that I want to highlight to you, bring light to you, and, and maybe we can navigate from there. So point number one is this, the light of Jesus leads us into truth. See, light in the physical sense is important for us as we navigate our world. You think driving in the darkness, you need to make sure you have headlights, right? Uh, earlier in my college time, I, I went to college in central Virginia, right kind of uh, at the base of the Blue, a lot of the Blue Ridge Mountains. And so we would go hiking on the weekends or the weekdays, either a, a mountain top called Sharp Top or Flat Top. We would go to either one. And on this journey, one day we would, we decided we wanted to go for the sunset. How beautiful that could be to be at the top of a mountain to watch the sun go down. It was popular to do that great we head up the mountain uh, way before sunset. We get up there, watch it set. And as you know, the sun sets and then there's, um, you know, some extra light, some afterlight or last light is coming then after that, before it's completely dark. So of course we decide the sun's setting, get all our pictures. It's so great. 
We begin to walk down and we're like, great, this is fine. We'll go on our journey. We have some last light. We'll get to the very bottom. Well, as you know it, it gets completely dark really fast, especially in the middle of the woods on the side of a mountain. And so as the smart college kids that we are, because we know everything at this point in life, you know, our parents can't teach us anymore. We're in college now. We know it all. Not a single one of us brought a flashlight. Okay. We were so prepared. At this time we had cell phones, but you know the reality of a cell phone flashlight. It's only as good as uh, how close you can get into something and only showing you little bits of that. But, of course, we all take out our phones and begin to light the way. We don't have any reception. We can't call for help and call for someone to bring us a flashlight. It is just purely just that. And we begin to illuminate the way by the lights we had on our phone. But it was a scary moment. We're going down a mountainside, lots of twists and turns, lots of dangerous moments, without any light, and it gets really pitch black out there. We should probably start a mission to illuminate those paths, but they probably never will. Either way, like, like the reality is we need light to show us the way. See, Jesus is the light in which reveals to us, shows us God the Father, shows us God. In Jesus, we see the fullness of God. He shows us the way, not only of God and his heart for us, his character, the reality of his existence, but he shows us the way into life with God. Later in John 8, 19, uh, they had asked this question, where is your father? And Jesus says, you do not know me or my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. Because Jesus was purely coming to be a reflection of light of God, himself manifest before us. That through Jesus, we were able to know God. In Jesus, we're able to trust in God. By Jesus, we're able to have life everlasting. By Jesus, we're able to have the light of life. And that's the type of light in which Jesus leads us into. All truth by him. All reality, all revelation in him. All hope found in him. That through him we have a relationship with God. In Christ we have a purpose from God. We'll get to that here in a few moments too. Point number two, if you're following along, the light of Jesus brings us everlasting life. Earlier in John 1, we saw... Uh, Jesus coming to be the light uh, of life for all mankind. But later we see in John 1, 9, that the true light gives light to everyone who was coming and uh, to everyone was coming in the world. So the true light gives light to everyone was coming into the world. That was Jesus. And then in verse 12, in John 1, 9, 12, it says this, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That in the name of Jesus, but by his purpose coming on earth to die for your sins, you may have the light of life. And we experience this life that leads us into all truth, that leads us into the truths of God, leads us on our way to obedience in him, to trust in him by the very nature of his word, leading us into all truth by the reality that he brings us everlasting life. And although Jesus has come to bring us everlasting life, we still have a decision to make on if we're actually going to take it, if we would receive it. And and earlier in John 3, uh, right after John 3, 16, uh, probably a verse many of us know, a very famous verse in scripture, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So we're talking about the life of Jesus, that he would come on the cross for me and you, die and rise again, conquering sin and death, so you may know him, trust in him, and have life yourself, life everlasting, the light in which he's mentioning. 
But there's a problem. Not everyone chooses to receive it. And here's right after John 3.16 and John 3.19. John writes this, this, this reality of this and says this in John 3.19. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for the fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. And although we, we live in an ever so present time where physical light and darkness comes easy to us, it takes us maybe even some time to recognize the spiritual light and darkness that we're ever so present in. And that's the reality of inviting people to recognize Jesus as light, as truth, as a loving Savior coming for you, rescuing you. I, I was thinking of, of this and I, I thought back to um, years ago now, AMC used to have this, it was called the AMC Stubbs List. My wife and I subscribed, it was like $20 a, a month and you get to watch three movies a week throughout the month. Isn't that crazy? At the AMC theater, it was nuts. It was a deal. So this is before our kids were born um, and, and we use that for date days, date nights, whatever. You can go to as many movies. Some months we only went to a few, some months we went to more. We were living in Chicago at the time. Chicago is the concrete jungle. So anytime in the summer, it's hot as all get out because it's just reflecting off the concrete all the time. So we would escape and go to the movies. And what I recognize going to the movies so often is we would go and sit and we would come out. And you know, when you come out of a movie, you're in the pitch black darkness and you come out and there's light and you start to squint, you know, and you're like, man, I wasn't ready for that. And in the summer, even worse, you would go outside and be like, the sun's so bright, and you take a time to adjust to it. Um, speaking of light has coming to the world, Jesus and the darkness we so presently choose to live in at times by our evil deeds, by our sinful desires, it's similar to that. Uh, oftentimes we let ourselves get used to the darkness. And we would rather live in it than live in the light. And, and I'm speaking of the darkness of our sinful desires, our sinful choosings. We'd rather live in the darkness at times than come to the light because we know the transition is harsh and it's hard and it might feel easier just to be in the darkness. Don't, don't get me wrong. All of me coming out of the movie theater want to just be like, oh, let me just go back because, you know, right when you go back, you can ease up and you can look around again and wow, but it's still dark, but you're still roaming aimlessly, but you're still in darkness. His reality is that when we come to Jesus, he is this everlasting light that over time, if we choose and actually seek him for the healing of our lives, to seek him for the everlasting life he so gives to us, there will be moments where it's hard to let go of the sins, the darkness that you feel so comfortable in. But you know, coming into the light, it takes some time to adjust. It's similar to our walk and faith in Christ. That when you come to the light of his everlasting life, over time you get used and even more adjusted to the light he has to offer because it's true life. It's true light in him. And that as you come to the point of recognizing him as your savior, as your everlasting light of life, you then embody the light in which he gives to you to shine bright before others, to be a living example of what he can do with someone broken like me, what he can do with a broken person to bring his light of everlasting life to help other broken people know him too. In this light, 
we find life. And he, Jesus, is the one who brings it. And the third one's this, the light of Jesus gives us purpose today. And I mentioned it a few times, how because when we step into the light of Jesus, we accept his light of life, we then shine bright before others. In Matthew 5, uh, Jesus sends us on mission, saying, You are light of the world. The town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And it gives light to everyone in the house. So in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And what in Matthew Jesus is getting to is that the light in which he's come to bring to you, he's also inviting others into that are presently in spiritual darkness. And you know, he's come to you to repurpose you. As, he's, as you found your life in him, he now has rescued you to be repurposed for his goodness, for his glory, to shine his light. And I love the words that, that are used here, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Oftentimes when we think of shining Christ's light, we might uh, uh, be so, so quick to begin to shine our own light. And that like, look at my deeds and look how awesome I am. But yet Jesus is like, no, no, no. I want you to shine my light. My light that's rescued you. My hope that set you free. My light. And, and when we look ahead and, and look at Easter, we look at these moments which we celebrate a risen Savior. You look at your day tomorrow. You look at your weeks to come. And you consider to shine his light you might be surprised with what he does and the relationships you step into. That when you look to say, okay, God, I want to serve this person with your light to glorify you, you might be surprised in who they then turn to when they see that good deed that glorifies God. Well, they will turn to God. Wow, I see God in you. Wow, I see Jesus in you. You might be surprised that when you put your pla- yourself in places where you shine his light, who might turn from darkness and walk into light like you? And that's the mission we're on, my friends, that he is the light that has come, that we may have everlasting life in following him. But he is the light that is so bright and inviting everyone else around you to enjoy too, just like you. Jesus leads us into all truth. He brings us into life everlasting. He gives us his purpose today, all by the light of his life and his person. But yet, yet the last question remains, is Jesus your light of life? Is Jesus my light? See, we, we might think, how do then do we respond to that, that, that invitation of light to Jesus? We, we can respond in, in knowing and trusting. But what other things? Here's a few things. How, how do I know Jesus is my light? One, you follow Jesus into all truth. You actually seek him and his word and seek after what he, he, his commands, his way. You seek after the life in which he lived to, to be a, a person who is, who is submitting to, to his will. You follow him into all truth. And so often we may get stuck and in, in fall into these traps of darkness, which say, let me just pick and choose which ones of Jesus I want to follow. You know, I really like Jesus when he says this, not so much this. So I'm going to pick in truth. No, no, no. He's inviting you to follow him into all truth. That's how you are a person who, are, who is living in the light of Christ. The second is this, that Jesus offers everlasting life. For some of you, 
you're on a journey of considering Jesus, uh, of learning uh, more about him, of, of growing to know him, but yet you haven't placed your trust and faith in him before. And you could be at this moment an arm's length away or as close as you've ever been and your time is now. You need to trust in Jesus, the one who brings life everlasting, the one who brings you out of the darkness of sin and death and sets you free into everlasting life by his name. You need to trust him. You need to take the step of surrender, of believing and confessing as Jesus as Lord for your life. And and some of us in the room, we, we say, yeah, trusting Jesus for everlasting life, I've done that. But yet there's moments in your life where you have darkness that you're so presently comfortable in. There's, there's places in your life in which you might say, man, if anyone found this out, if anyone saw this sin pattern in me, oh, it would destroy me. So you just hide it. Hey, you don't want to bring it to God because you're afraid he might've never seen it. And we just need to let that problem go. He already knows it. He's seen everything and he sees you for exactly where you are. And so you've given your life to Jesus, yet wrestle with these sin patterns in your life. They're like, I need to, to get grips away from this. I feel so comfortable in this darkness. I don't want to let it go, but yet you do need to let it go. And to walk into his light, his everlasting life, and to truly trust him with it, whatever it might be. And finally, you live boldly for Jesus and shine bright. How do I know he is my light? Follow Jesus into all truth. Trust Jesus for everlasting life and live boldly for Jesus and shine bright that we're called to be on a mission yet so often we might shy away in a world we feel and we know opposes God we might shy away and feel so frightened but yet we need to step in with his grace with his love by his mercy shine his light of life to our neighbors to our friends to our co-workers to our family members who are far from him And we know the same hope in which he's found you and brought you to light is the same hope in which we know he'll find those who are far from him. Jesus is the light of the world. Whoever follows him will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. The the light of life. Is Jesus your light? Is he the one in which you seek after for everlasting life? Is he the one in which you trust with everything? Is he the one in which you're willing to shine bright for? Jesus, we thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for your word. I ask that you would bless the rest of our time in worship. God, as we wrestle with um, these steps we may need to take uh, out of just maybe first some of us trusting in you for the first time and trusting in you, Jesus, the light of life everlasting. And how God, you are a light which brings us from the slavery of sin and to the to the freedom found in salvation in you, that God, you've paid the penalty of sin and death so we wouldn't have to. God, I, I thank you for that gift, for that grace, that God, by your mercy, you've made it this way for us. God, I thank you for um, being a God who, who is so humble and gentle, as your word says, who comes to us to, to seek after us, to redeem us, to restore us, to rescue us, May we continue to stand boldly for you, to seek others for you, that they may see our good deeds and and glorify you, and that they would see you. May we shine bright. God, we love you and trust you for our lives. I pray for my friends in the room that 
that feel so ever distant from you right now, God, that you are a God so presently near. May they turn their hearts and their lives to you and trust you in every area, in every moment, for everything. God, thank you for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.